0: Love, talk, radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with we'll Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan here tonight as we're breaking down the entire weekend from Kentucky Speedway. It was a triple-header weekend, NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series on Thursday. Tyler Ancrum won his first career truck series race, and boy, does that shake up the playoffs. Format in the truck series. We'll discuss that. A dominating win for Cole Custer, his fifth win of the season, and a career year so far for Cole Custer in the Xfinity Series. And of course, if you missed it last night, a great finish, a memorable finish, one of the more memorable finishes in uh, Kentucky Speedway history, Kurt Busch out his brother Kyle Busch to the checkered flag to win the Quaker State 400. All that, we'll break it all down. We'll, we'll tell you who's good in points who should be a little bit concerned in points in all, in all three series? We'll do that. That's, that's something we do on a week. And we'll take your phone calls, 917-889-8280. That is the number to call here tonight on Talking Circles. So let's get right to it here, the Quaker State 400 Cup Series event from the Kentucky Speedway. And, guys, I'll be honest with you, for the first about two-thirds of that race was a snooze fest, uh, and that last caution really helped. Bubba Wallace spun, lost the, I think, a right-rear tire. He spun – uh, caused the caution, and it came to a green-white checkered finish. Kurt Busch was able to have a tremendous restart on the outside. Just keeps his foot in it the entire way. Kyle Busch tries to outrun him on the inside. Can't do it. It ends up being Kurt Busch in victory lane at the stripe, winning the Quaker State 400. An epic finish. Those two really battled it out. There was contact made between Busch Bush Brothers but it ended up with Kurt being in front of Kyle for his 31st career victory. More importantly, I think, Ganassi's first win of the year and Chevrolet's third consecutive win. Um, Lots to dissect, but Spencer, what was your initial thoughts on Kurt Busch's win at Kentucky Speedway on Saturday night?
1: Well, me being a Larson fan, so it was pretty cool. It gives me hope that there's speed coming out of that stable. And, uh, you know, Larson... Um, he wasn't up towards the front all race until, you know, that caution where it really mixed things up <clears throat> and when Bubba Wallace spun, So he was able to line right up behind his teammate and he gave him a push to make it three wide and it made it very interesting. Those last couple of laps. And, you know, only if every race could have a finish like that, I think, uh, it'd bring more viewers each week. Cause they'd be like, well, that was a hell of a finish. You know, let's see if this week was good. Can be just as good as last week. So, you know, with Kurt winning, um, I think it's going to boost that whole organization up, um, might help the 42 team a little bit, or just might make the one team even more serious and better than what they have been all year. So, um, I'm just glad he beat his brother. Um, they've raced one, they finished one, two, three years, uh, three times in their career. So finally Kurt on top. And, uh, he was, uh, had a good car all day. He was able to really run the middle and really stay alongside of cars in the middle of the turn. And, um, so I guess we'll have to see what drivers say about the PJ1 later or in the next couple of days, whether they tweet stuff and all that. But like you said, it was an okay race until the end, that caution. And um, it looked like it was going to be Bush or Logano for the win until Bubba spun. So uh, I thought the inning was great. I like racing like that, a little beat and bang, a little sideways coming to the finish line. And
0: that's what, the way racing yeah. should be. Yeah, let, let me tell you, it was an interesting race because I think there was three teams, uh, three drivers, or teams, however really you want to call it, that were really stood out above everybody else. And it was Kyle Bodie Kurt Busch, and Joey Logano. I think everybody else pretty much was, uh, you know, a little bit out. Couldn't really pass as well as the others. Now, Logano came from deep in the field a couple of times. Kurt, Kyle Busch was passing people, and so was Kurt Busch. So I think those three sort of stood out above everybody else. I know Boyer led a lot in that race as well. Suarez led a lot as well before he had his little pit road issue. And then uh, the driver, who I think we all kind of uh, – we're surprised to see, and he messed up on one of the restarts with William Byron. He had a really good race until his mess up, and he finished a lap down in 18th. But how about that finish, Philip Matthew? I mean, um, what do you think this does for Kurt Busch's career? Uh, there's been a lot of talk about him maybe this possibly being his final year in the Cup Series. Um, it's his 31st win, and he's talking like he's having a lot of fun. He said he's having more fun than he's had last year. Um, really has, has taken out one team and brought it up a level. No doubt about it. Him and Matt good have a good um, relationship and it seems to be paying off and finally Kurt Busch standing in victory lane on Saturday night. What were your thoughts and what do you think that does for Kurt Busch's career after beating his brother and winning at Kentucky? I mean, I I think I
2: said it to you or yesterday or I, I've been, I said it somewhere that Kurt's at a place right now in his career that I've never seen him before in terms of how happy he is, how excited he is to go to the racetrack on a weekly basis. He wasn't exactly known for most of his career as having the greatest personality or being the most cheerful person uh, most of his career, even when he won his cup championship in 2004. But, you know, Ashley has made such a big difference in his life and how much happier he is the way he has gone about business. And ever since he signed, he talked about it last night. In 30 minutes, he came up with a contract with Ganassi. And, I mean, it's an interesting – I think he was going there under the pretense, hey, Ganassi wanted him to go and help Larson get a little better, try to become more consistent, make the team better. Because with Jamie McMurray, you know, nice guy, whatever. He had a great 2010. But ever since then, he had generally been irrelevant. Uh, The last time the one-card won was October of 2013. I mean, the only reason he really kept a ride for as long as he did is because Ganassi and him had such a great relationship. Uh, But otherwise, he probably would have been moved on from McMurray a long time before. Uh, The fact is, if Ganassi continues in the Cup Series, then Kurt Busch is going to be there. Uh, there's really no reason why he wouldn't keep him. Uh, he's probably the best driver that he's had uh, driving for his cup team uh, ever since he's been a cup owner, and this has been since the year 2000. Uh, so, I mean, in terms of raw talent, of course, Larson's there, but there's just something missing. There's they, We've talked about it previously, about what's going on. I know Spencer being a Larson fan, it's it's rough at times. It's been a really rough year and it's been a really rough couple of years. And as somebody as a, who's loved sprint car racing and midget racing and been watching Young Money for many years, it's really sad to see where he's at right now in terms of performance compared to a couple of years ago. Um, for Kirk to win that race, he was due. I, I figured they were on the cusp. They've been the best Chevy all year to be completely honest not Chase Elliott, it's not, you know, Alex Bowman. It's been Kirk Bush. So the fact they're finally able to close a deal, let alone close a deal at a cookie cutter track, which is where the majority of the playoff races are, he is dangerous. Kirk Bush is dangerous for this championship. Not not just, you know, oh great, he won yesterday night. He is dangerous for this championship because he's running with house money. He knows Ganassi will do whatever he wants to do with him. He they, they could call a shot. Matt McCall now has this weight lifted off his shoulders after Daytona, which I don't blame as much, even though his wife threw him under the bus on Twitter, which is hilarious. But um, the fact that they got this weight lifted off their shoulders and the way that race went for Kirk to beat Kyle, you know, heads up. I mean, there's so much good that's going to come for uh, the Ganassi effort for Kurt Busch that this could be the start of something. And, you know, we've been talking about the Gibbs cars, the 18-19. We've been talking about the 2 and the 22. Uh, But, honestly, the one car is dangerous because Kurt Busch knows how to win a championship. He's been in a lot of these fights in terms of, championship fights before. Uh, he knows how to run in the playoffs. Uh, it's a big deal, and, and I think he's going to be able to say when he wants to retire now. I, I, I think if he had a mad year kind of like Jamie McMurray, he probably would have left in the end, and we'd be talking about Ross Chastain probably getting in the one car. Uh, now that this win happened, uh, I'm not so sure if that opening is going to be there, uh, there still might be an opening at Ganassi Racing, but uh, I don't think Kurt Busch is leaving anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think um, if if they're there in, in in that capacity, you know, and he's basically came out and said that, I don't know if it was today or last night in Victory Lane, um, you know, that or in the press conference, that, you know, there's a lot of things that got to come together ownership-wise, manufacturer-wise, sponsorship-wise for him to do that. But, uh, listen, he's ha- he looked – this is – you know, and I, I felt when he went to, everybody remembers when he ran, um, you know, for the 51 team in Phoenix Racing with James Finch, and then he went to the 78 in Furnish Hurl Racing really before they had any kind of alliance. Now they had a little bit of an alliance with, with uh, Richard Childress Racing at that time when he was there. But I remember when he went to the 41 car at Stuart Haas, I said, oh, man, this is going to be a guy who's hungry as can be. He's going to go out and he's going to win a lot of races in this car. Uh, it's a really good race car. He's going to go out and win a lot of races, and it just didn't happen uh, for whatever reason. And I don't know if it was just the, not not the right mix. Um, it just I, I felt his tenure at Stuart Haas Racing was just a little bit disappointing, um, considering how much talent Kurt Busch has and how good that race team is. But this year we've seen him really uh, his talent and his driving ability really shine here. And maybe it's a, it's just a as simple as having a crew chief that he. You know, understands his language a little bit better, and and that he gets, and that he understands, and you know, maybe it is his positive attitude that he has on, out on life. But it certainly is, to me, more visible to to see that Kurt Busch is a really good driver this year than it has been in the past. Really, since he was at Federal Racing or Phoenix Racing when he made those two teams very competitive for the first time in their team history. Uh, and as you go down deeper in the field, there's a couple other drivers who. Um, when you look at it, they really needed a good run, and the top ten is sprinkled with guys who needed a solid weekend and had it. one of those drivers is Eric Jones, Jones who finished in a third spot. You know, he's sort of on the cusp of the playoffs there. He had a solid day. Kyle Larson, another driver who we've talked about, and his points standings, not very good. But a fourth-place run comes out with a decent amount of points. Uh, then you have Denny Hamlin, who's had a decent year. But Clint Boyer needed a good run because he was struggling a little bit. He even said, listen, you know, on uh, that final restart, I kind of got into a situation where um, I didn't really want to make it through. wide because if I wrecked and I lost points, I would have been in trouble. But he was able to salvage a decent day out of it, get some points, and, and stop the bleeding because that team's really struggled over the last couple of weeks. Joey Logano had a good run, and he's had a good year. But Suarez is another guy on the cusp of the playoffs, an eighth-place run. Now, they had a little bit of a pit road communication, that really hurt him. It cost him a lot of track position, wasn't really able to, to rebound from there. But Ryan Newman, another guy on on the cusp there in ninth, and Chris Buescher ending up in 10th. And even Paul Menard in 11th and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in 12th, you know, those guys, when you look at it, they needed solid days. They couldn't have anything, a, a bad day or a wreck or even a 20th place finish. You know, that's what made this race to me so interesting, Spencer, is that you have drivers who really needed – uh, decent runs to sort of keep their playoff hopes alive And they were able to go out there and do that at Kentucky Speedway Yeah, uh, when I was watching the race I was like, Jones is going to be One
1: happy camper if they uh, they Get tangled up and wreck And now he's um, uh, In 15th Two spots right above Jimmy Johnson So, um, and like you mentioned Clint Boyer, he needed a good run, he was down there A bit of a bummer for Suarez, he could have uh, used a bit of a better run. He had a good car in the beginning, and I don't know, pit sequence got him all mixed up. But as you mentioned, yeah, a lot of good guys who needed a good run came out and really showed, hey, we're down in points, but we have what it takes to run up front. And, you know, and that's momentum. You know, Boyer said in his post race interview, he said he's had a terrible uh, month, and now this is a good step in the right direction, good solid finish, led a lot of laps. Um, that's uh, motivation to keep going hard at it and don't ever give up. Type attitude and see what they can do. Um, but as you mentioned, for that reason, with the guys being up front, it really showed it's going to be, you never, whoever's in the playoffs, it's going to be tough. Um, you really never going to know who's going to win the championship until about the last two rounds to really pick a guy because everybody's really firing on all cylinders now and really it's go time if you're right below. Um, Busher had another great run. Unfortunately, he's probably going to have to win. I'm sure we'll get to it later on in the show about who's safe and who's not safe. But good runs by guys who need it, and um, they just have to keep it going
0: to stay safe. Yeah, and that's the thing. is, is Really, they're not going to put themselves with these runs. They're not going to put themselves in the playoffs yet, but they're not going to eliminate themselves so far uh, with points. At least a couple of those guys there um, in, in the top ten. Uh, an alarming thing, Philip. I think if you're a Chevrolet fan, and really in particular a Hendrick Motorsports fan, was just how good they ran at Chicagoland Speedway, and they came to Kentucky and really struggled. Um, Jimmy Johnson wasn't a factor all day. I know he spun and ended up 30th. Uh, Chase Elliott spun a couple of times. You know, Alex Bowman wasn't very good. The, the, I think the best car for Hendrick Motorsports all day, I mentioned a little bit earlier, was William Byron, and he jumped the restart uh, with Clint Boyer in the middle part of that race and had to serve a penalty but still, uh, it wasn't a solid day, a day where, you know, after Alex Bowman did what he did at Chicagoland a few weeks back, you thought, well, hey, Hendrick Motorsports has figured it out. Their mile-and-a-half program uh, is going to be a force to be reckoned with for the rest of the year. Not the case. A, not a very good day at Kentucky Speedway. And maybe this is still signs that maybe Hendrick isn't where they need to be because they, you know, anybody can go out and have a good run one night. But it's that consistency – Week in and week out, that really separates you from the rest of the field, and I wonder if Hendrick Motorsports is still searching a little bit for that consistency. What are your thoughts on, on their performances, in particular the, the drivers at Hendrick Motorsports, Philip?
2: Yeah, I mean, for the Chevy, I mean, just in the general Chevy, uh, across the board, I, we talk about the Hendrick, the customer teams and in a sense have, have performed better at times, Kurt Busch being the best example. Busher has been more consistent over here in this, like, second, uh, third of the season. And, I mean, they gave up so many points early in the year that, yes, Spencer said, they're going to have to win. But that 37 car is really good, and they can put together, they scratch out, you know, top 15s pretty good on a relatively consistent basis I mean they have their they're not as consistent as they need to be which is why they're 21st in points but when it comes to Hendrick yeah I I, I would say it's kind of a product of you know the SMI track versus and versus the uh, ISC you know being at Kentucky had the pJ one in in the high grooves And the Hendrick cars haven't, I don't think they really did all that great, Uh, you know, at Charlotte. I don't remember offhand, but I I don't, I remember Kansas and I remember, I remember Chicago. And those are two tracks where Hendrick did really, really well. And there was no PJ1, there ISC tracks. And then these SMI tracks, a little more of a struggle. Chase hasn't really been as consistent as he was the previous years, but because he has a win, it's whatever, and because he's the most popular driver, it doesn't really matter what he does. Uh, Alex Bowman won at Chicago, and they didn't run well last night. In terms of, and it, I mean, and even for, Byron had a fast car, though, and so it's like one of them showed up, Johnson was up there for a period of time, then he hit the fence and then eventually spun out again, and that's where the real problem was. As much as we want to say, you know, Andrick and they're not running great, they haven't run great for the last couple of years. You know, sure Chase Elliott finally won. Finally, Alex Bowman got the monkey off his back and he won. I think William Byron in due time might win a race here. Uh, I don't know if it will be in the next few weeks, but I do feel like that time is coming uh, because he's kind of proven that in his lower series that he's able to figure it out. And when you have one of the greatest crew ever, you're going to do that. But if, I'm a, if you're a Jimmy Johnson fan, I'd be really concerned about the viability of old seven time making this playoff. Uh, they've had way too many uh runs where the that this is the kind of result they had yesterday is kind of the regular you know the i mean sure they have eight top tens this year, but they have been non they've been non factors and right now they are only eight points ahead of Eric Jones and they're only ten points ahead of Newman, twelve ahead of Suarez that's Not a lot, you know, and I mean, sure they're not they're behind, and and the point is, but they've been behind, and they show flashes uh, occasionally, but I think their main focus should be. It's not even like the the nine and the eight eight are in, so they're trying to work on things for the final ten. We'll see what happens with that. It's about the twenty four making sure Byron makes his first playoff. And Jimmy Johnson. That's where the focus has to lie in terms of how do we get them in, and especially Jimmy Johnson, because it doesn't look good. Uh, I'd be really concerned. His performance, I mean, going to a track, New Hampshire, Indy, Pocono, those are all good tracks for him. You know, he might be able to win one of those out of. And then we, we're not talking about how bad it's been for Jimmy Johnson, but. Uh, I think the bigger concern isn't as much about the two guys that have already won as much as it is about the guys that need to make it in and seven times specifically.
0: Well, there's no doubt about that. I just, you know, I think when you look at Hendrick Motorsports and and you look at the mile and a half program, you talked about that for sure. The majority of our schedule makes up the mile and a half program. Um, Is... You know, you want to win a championship. And to me, what they did last night at Kentucky, and if it, it PJ once, so maybe it's a little bit different, they're not going to have that at Homestead. But it's not a great sign. You know, it's not a sign where you sit there and go, yeah, sure, they figured it out. Um, not a great sign. And I think even Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman would say they, they probably wanted to perform a little bit better than what they did. And you're right about Jimmy. He's never missed these playoffs in his entire career. You know, that's hard to believe that, that that's still the case with Timmy Johnson, as tough as Hendrick Motorsports has been. And he's still right there, um, you know, two points to the good right now uh, and 15th in the playoff points. But um, he's right there. And it's going to be a battle for him, I think, to get in this year. Uh, Maybe this package isn't really what they expected. But I think there's no doubt Hendrick is still not where they were, anywhere close to where they were. Uh, But I think we all thought, oh, maybe at Chicago they're going to turn a leaf and and run good at least in the mile-and-a-half programs. They didn't do that at all on Kentucky, so I think it was sort of a, a way to look at it and say, hey, uh, you know, not not a great day. A couple of guys, other drivers, who really stood out to me on Saturday night, um, Monterey Jr., 19th, Brad Keselowski, 20th, uh, Kevin Harvick, 22nd. You know, those three drivers have been very, either have wins this year or have been very, very good. Um, it's been a it was a struggle last night for him, and you know, we talked about drivers who really needed to have a good run. They went out and had good runs, but those three drivers in particular, I think everybody's kind of surprised about how they turned out. Now, I know there were certain circumstances that put them there, um, but really, what was what was Kozlowski's deal, Philip? I mean, uh, there was talk he might have he an a engine motor issue, issue. Uh, motor issue. You know, not a great day for him uh, there at Kentucky Speedway.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, I texted you. I was not happy um, with <clears throat> what the two t- crew showed last night for a three-time winner at that racetrack to basically be dog crap on restarts and just be at, being in the way. It was almost like they were on seven cylinders the whole entire race. I mean, the fact is that 550 horsepower, it's almost like they're on seven cylinders anyway, but... They just didn't have anything. I mean, the most interesting thing he did last night was uh, hold up Kyle Busch and put a massive, you know, uh, Emerson Fittipaldi-level block on him. And after Daytona last week with the blocking, and you how he's like, I'm not going to take it going and blocking Kyle Busch. It's kind of funny, but I don't know. That's, they're very – they're not – That's very consistent. It's similar with Martin Truex, who's won the last two uh, races at, at Kentucky. This package definitely didn't work as well for them as the previous ones have. Uh, I mean, it. I. it's an anomaly for them. The way they've been running recently, you could give away a race here and there. Brad and the two crew are very inconsistent. They don't really they've shown great signs and they won those three races. And then other than that, there's been a lot of, there hasn't been a lot of substance. Uh, And then when you consider Kevin Harvick now, another conversation we've had all year is when is this going to turn for, for Harvick, Stuart Haas. And, you know, it's, Kevin Harvick's results are starting to go backwards. And the rest of the team is starting to kind of move forward. I mean, given Clint Boyer's kind of helped him out and the fact that Clint Boyer's dropped off the face of the planet for the last two months or a month and a half, whatever it is. So he's kind of saved the 14. But the 10's kind of, you know, creeping up there. The 41 being a new group and all that. Yeah, they messed up yesterday night and probably ruined what could have been an easy top ten and with stage points both stages and they kinda of threw it away, which makes me question Billy Scott's viability, but that's a whole other conversation. But Harvick was nowhere the whole, the whole entire weekend, really. And it's it's starting to become
0: a real problem. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and again, that's the driver who I think a lot of people expect to win this championship or at least be in the conversation, which leads me to my next point, Spencer. You know, we talk about the big three in the Xfinity Series. I think there's, you know, when we look to talk about the Xfinity Series, we talk about Custer, Reddick, and uh, Christopher Bell to have an opportunity to us. And I think we've talked about this in nauseam, and I don't want to put this in words in everybody's mouth, but I think we can all agree those three are the drivers who we look at and say they're the ones that – better favorites for the championship. Truck Series, I think all of us agree, mo- most of us agree, uh, it's pretty much Ross Chastain's championship. Uh, he's the favorite going in because of how he's run this year. With this Cup Series, you know, and you can't say this about years past, and as much as this rule package you know, has gotten criticism, and I'm, I'm not a big huge fan of it either, but I think what's just so different than anything else we've done, it's hard for these teams to find consistency. And you know, I think if we we all took a poll right now, I would think the favorite to win a championship would be Kyle Busch. But it's not as concrete as it has been in the year past. I mean, last year we had the big three for a while. You know, and I think we we all kind of looked at it and said, um, you know, it was it's been really Martin Truex Jr. and Mile and a Half programs for the last three years. You know, it just seems like Spencer. There's a little bit more inconsistency throughout the field this year which has really created a very interesting playoff scenario and a very interesting storyline going into the playoffs because really, you know, as we get closer and closer to these playoffs, really it's anybody's championship to lose right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm sure we can p- pick out a few people that can make the Final Four. I mean, I can pick a Final Four right now, and, but that doesn't mean they're going to um, be there. But like you said, I'm pretty sure you, Kyle Bush is an automatic lock to the Final Four. And I would say True X too. But as you said, Harvick's been in the Final Four for the past several years, and he don't have a win this year, and he dominated with eight wins last year. I mean, he just, they went on a tear, ran over the whole field all year, and this year they're struggling. I don't know if it's the new package or whatever, this new Ford, but look at Team Penske, they're winning. Logano's winning, and they ride, they race Ford. So I don't know, maybe the Storhosh's don't have their hands fully around the new Fords or whatnot, but... I mean, I, I'm i going to go ahead and tell you my picks for the final four. I'd say Logano, Bush, both Bush brothers, Truex, and Logano are my final four to go. But, yeah, you never – I don't feel like there's a guy going out dominating, you know, like each and every week like Carvick was. I mean, you feel like every time you watched the race, he was in victory lane, and I just don't see that this year. And, like, in the other series, three people are dominating, and Ross is just tearing up the truck series, so – Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be hard to say. Like I said last week, you're not really going to know who has a shot until you get to those last couple rounds. And heck, we really don't even know who's still going to make the bottom end of the playoffs because that's so close in points, too. So we'll just have to see, honestly. I mean, it's so hard to tell with the way teams are running. The new package may be getting them. Who knows? So in the last couple races, you'll really be able to tell um, who's got their hands around everything, firing all cylinders, who's ready to go out and win. And just, they're just—they're gonna have to be on their game.
0: Yeah. No, it's gonna be very interesting. And Spencer mentioned Philip about the playoffs there—that that playoff cutoff there in 16th. Uh, and you know, I talked earlier on the show about how we had two so many drivers just have good runs um, that needed them. And when you look at that cutoff, it's really tight between 14th and uh, 18th. You know, we—we, I, I think everybody can pretty much agree. Everybody behind 18th is going to need to win to get themselves in. And everybody above um, 14th is pretty much locked in. Larson's got to do a little bit better. He can have a couple of bad weeks, and, and I think same thing with Byron. But the rest of them are, are pretty much in, um, I think, as far as points are concerned. But, uh, you know, it, it's going to be fascinating to see, of how this all plays out. Newman had another decent run yesterday. You know, one thing you can say about Ryan Newman, I want to give him a shout-out here because They've really improved that six car this year over there at Rosh Fenway. Now, um, I know Rosh Fenway is not what the team they used to be. They used to be six car operation. They had six cars in Cup, you know, four in Xfinity, and then two truck series, three truck series teams, and they'd win in them all. I mean, it was incredible the organization they had. Now they're down to a two car operation, and uh, they they still aren't at a level of winning a championship. But I think as far as between the two teams, uh, that six car was really really really. Um, not very good last year. Even with Kenseth in it, it wasn't as good as it should have been. But Newman's come there, and and Scott Graves, I think, is a big addition to that team as well. And they've really run better. Um, Another solid weekend again for Ryan Newman last night. Uh, It just seems like, you know, maybe they don't have speed early on in the event. You know, I remember looking about 15 laps into that event and seeing Ryan Newman in 28th going, oh, my goodness gracious. And they seem to to find it. And I don't know if it's his engineering background, But uh, I think that's one team this year where if you could look at somebody who, or a team that that is sort of, you know, like a superlative of most improved team for 2019, I think that six car is one of them. So Ryan Newman certainly deserves some credit. They might not make the playoffs, but it's certainly been a step in the right direction for that six car.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm no Ryan Newman guy. I call him no neck, mainly because he doesn't have a neck, but, and he's, said some things about one of my favorite drivers previously, but the reality is between Matt Kenseth, the now Slinger uh, National, what is he, just won at Slinger Speedway won uh, last week, and the, the help he provided and the information he provided set Roush on the right path, and then you add Newman, Scott Graves coming from the outside in, they're turning this deal around, and the, I mean, Roush led 36 laps last night at a cookie cutter. Now, there was a time back in the mid-2000s when they were one of the best, if not the best team out there, where cookie cutters, you were picking a Roush driver, whether it was Edwards, Biffle, Martin, Kenseth, you know, you were picking one of them. Now, these days, making up the numbers what they are, uh, but you know, a top 10 finish for Ryan Newman, 12th place finish for Ricky Stenhouse, and he led laps, they're making progress. And when you go to a place like Bristol, which is one of Ricky Stenhouse's best tracks, you know, you're going to Indianapolis, which is a place where Ryan Newman is home, and he's won there before. Matt Kenseth won a stage there in last year's race. There is opportunities here for Roush, you know, to make this, playoff with a Hail Mary. Um, But, yeah, definitely Newman. He's 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 another person who I think the change of scenery and being in a fresh, you know, perspective, knowing that this is probably the end for him, has probably given him energy. And he wants to be able to say, hey, I brought Roush back to, you know, to a a high level. I think that's something that motivates him. And I think that's cool.
0: Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. That he wants to bring Roush back to respectability a little bit, um, you know, and and we'll see, you know, we'll see how that team finishes the year. But I just think so far this year, it's you know they're in a the conversation as far as the playoffs are concerned, and you know where that team was last year. I mean, it was a disaster when Bain was in that car early in that year. It was,
2: I mean, they were they
0: were really having a tough time. So, uh, and I think they sort of, he sort of brings a leadership role. It's funny because Stenhouse said, you know, he's very vocal in the meetings and. You, know, you think about it. You go, well, were they not listening to the drivers? I don't know if it was just listening, but you know, Kenseth is sort of a uh, a quiet leader. You know, and, and same thing with Mark Martin. When you think about the a lot of the drivers at Roush, you know, they're sort of those that quiet leader. And so it's sort of a change of of personality there with Ryan Newman going there, who's a very outspoken person, uh, no matter what he's talking about. So um, you know, it's sort of a change of, of philosophy there. For him and a change of mentality so that that could help that team uh going down the road. We'll see. But you know there's still there's still work to do over there at Rash Fenway, but um you know I think with that six car running the way it is and that seventeen being okay, you know, Stenhouse needs to figure out a way to to win and be a little bit more consistent uh if they can do that on that seventeen car. Um, I think they might be in better shape here for twenty twenty and beyond. 917-889-8280 wants uh talking in circles tonight. If you want to talk to us? It's Spencer Cowan, Clayton Caldwell, and Philip Matthew We're here tonight on Talking in Circles. Also, 300 NASCAR Xfinity Series event from the Kentucky Speedway in Sparta, Kentucky. The winner of that event was Cole Custer, his fifth win of the season, uh, and just an unbelievable start to this year for Cole Custer. Fifth win in 17 starts. I mean, he had four, three wins, I think. Prior to that, in, in two seasons combined, it just shows you what that team has done, what that Cole Custer has done this year, um, and just how good that team has been. Uh, Christopher Bell was second, Tyler Reddick third, which is funny because that's the top three that we talk about in the uh, Xfinity series. and it was Michael Annette, Chase Briscoe, and that was it as far as cars on the lead lap. Five cars on the lead lap. Really, Custer and Bell put a whipping on this field, Spencer, on Friday night. At Kentucky Speedway, the rest of the top ten was Noah Gregson, Justin Allgaier, Ryan Truex Jr. Motorsports, Ryan Sieg, and Justin Haley, last week's Cup winner, finishing in the tenth spot. But what did you think about the uh, Xfinity Series race at Kentucky Speedway? Justin Haley was quoted making a comment that it was hard for him to stay up in the car with how "quote unquote" bored he was in that tenth place run that he had. Uh, I see, I can find it kind of refreshing. That we had a long green flag run at the end of that race. But what were your thoughts there, Spencer, on that? i 300 at Kentucky Speedway.
1: Yeah, I mean, the race was pretty much dominated by Christopher Bell and Cole Custer. I mean, Bell led 72, and Custer led 82. I mean, 88, sorry. And, um, you know, those are, you know, the top three is the favorites to win championship, obviously. Those are the big three. And, you know, if they keep running like that, you know, how could you not? I mean, it's going to be so hard to pick one of those for a championship, and I know Cole Custer, he has the big five wins already, and, you know, just a hell of a career for, um, a hell of a season for that whole bunch over there at Storehouse Racing, and a big improvement from where they were last year. Um, But anyways, yeah, I thought it was, you know, when those, when the race is led by one guy for so long, no offense, it kind of gets boring. I mean, you you want to see racing, you want to see battles up front, the lead swaps, back and forth, but what can you do? I mean, The Xfinity Series, let's face it, I would only say about 10 guys really have a shot at winning each and every week, and that's my opinion. So the Xfinity Series can get quite boring. It's not like the Truck Series, where the Truck Series, I feel like, is full of a lot smaller teams, and they're somewhat relevantly close, and it puts on a better show. But in the Xfinity Series, I mean, you got those three guys, and they're with top-tier teams, and obviously they're going to beat Sea Racing and all those guys down there, so what can you do? I mean, we pretty much who we pretty much know who's locked into the playoffs, and, you know, we have three that's probably going to be in the Final Four, so it's going to be hard to tell who's the championship, who's the champion is, so it's just another dominant performance by Cole Custer and that whole team over there. Um, congratulations to them, and It'd be cool if he can win the championship. He's a good kid, and he deserves it. Uh, so so gives it 110% effort, just like Reddick and Custer, I mean, and Bell does. So it's, it's going to be real hard to say it really is. You're not really going to know until the last couple laps at Miami. I can guarantee you that.
0: Oh, yeah, and I'll tell you, it's been a year, an eye-opening year for Cole Custer. It really has. And, and maybe Mike Shiplet, I don't know if that was the difference for that race team, although Stuart Haas in general – and the Xfinity series has really found it here in the last couple of weeks. Chris Chase Briscoe's run pretty good as well. Now he's a rookie in this series, and I don't think anybody expects him to go out and do what Custer's been doing. But still, it's been a very good year for Cole Custer. And I mean, Philip, what were your thoughts on the race in the Xfinity series? And is Cole Custer your favorite to win this championship? I mean, I'm shocked personally. You know, I thought Christopher Bell was sort of going to early in this year, when this before this year started, that Christopher Bell was going to take this championship and run away and hide. Um, and that's just not the case. Custer and, and Reddick have really proven that they can run with him. But um, is Custer the favorite to win his championship? And, and your thoughts in general on the race, uh, the Xfinity Series race at Kentucky?
2: I mean, at the end of the day, Custer right now has the most wins of the big three. Uh, to me, I'll, I'm going to go with Chris Bell until further notice, mainly because of. His track record in a stock car has been pretty darn good uh, in a stock truck, even. He's he's done pretty well for himself. Um, He has a longer – there's a longer track record of a high-level performance, which is why Chris Bell comes up every week in our show talking about where is he going to be next year. He's that good. I'm not gonna go against the Toyotas and Joe Gibbs when it comes to Chris Bell um, until further notice. But Cole Custer with Mike Shiplett, the fact we were talking about Ganassi and how Kirk Busch has made such a big difference. Would you? Could you imagine if Mike Shiplett was the crew chief of the 42 car with with Kyle Larson right now instead of with Cole Custer? I I'm, I I would venture to say that. Kyle Larson's season will look a heck of a lot better. But their loss, and even Ross Chastain to a lesser extent, is the gain of Stuart Haas. And now they've got a combination that is at a high level that once they move them up to the cup, you know, give them a couple of years, they're going to be pretty solid out there. And in in reality, what happened on Friday and Thursday night is a product of Kentucky Speedway not being a great racetrack to put on anything, uh, racing or anything, quite frankly. Uh, IndyCar racing is about the only thing that's been there that's actually been moderately entertaining ever. Uh, So the fact that those two were snooze fests for the most part and there was limited cars on the lead lap is not shocking. Uh, The top three, the big three doing what they did is not going to be shocking. I think the road course portion of the season is going to open up some things a little bit. It's going to get a couple more winners uh, that are not the big three in a play. Uh, I think Chase Briscoe, he's starting to pick up on things and get himself in position here. And they've been just a little bit behind the double zero team But I think for somebody that, you know, outside of that big three, where you're talking Justin Allgaier, you know, that's the best answer. That's the most likely answer. I mean, he finished seventh on uh, Friday night. But Chase Briscoe is figuring it out. He's always done that. He's limited experience in the stock car. Personal bias aside, the guy knows what he's doing and they're figuring it out, and they have a good group over there. And I think it's to Stuart Haas' benefit to get that 98 moving a little better, too. Um, It's going to, I mean, the reality is we know who's going to be in the playoff unless, you know, Jeremy Clements or Greg Alding or Brandon Brown or somebody pulls a massive Hail Mary. But I think the intrigue will be, can those top three, those big three, maintain all season long? Because that's what championships are always about for many years in NASCAR. Can this top three figure out a way to point their way, maintain or get enough stage points, get enough playoff points, so that those three actually get to battle it out at Homestead in a few months' time, because that's what we need. That's what we want. Mono a mano, you know, four teams, with the big three and me. And who knows, maybe that extra guy, just like Joey Logano did last year, could go and shoot the gap and go and beat all of them. But we want Cole Custer, Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick in this championship battle. It would be great for the sport and great for fans like us, because they're three of the best young talents that exist. And uh, there are some other guys there that could go and make it a little interesting too.
0: Yeah, I'm just waiting to see what, if Junior Motorsports can figure it out here. Uh, that's really my question for the DXFinity Series. If anything will change this series up a little bit as far as uh, who will take the top three, if anybody will take the top three, it's going to be Junior Motorsports and Justin Allgaier. Uh, and I think Gregson too, maybe. Um, you know, and and Sendrick, I think is still learning and, and still out there, and he's got a. I'm not sure that team can. They run. I think they run okay, but it's it's Sendrick in his first really full year in a in a in one car. Um, last year he was Greg. sort of uh, in, in between three teams, and you know he's also. There was no doubt he was also rushed to the Xfinity Series. There is no doubt about that. I think he admitted that a year ago that hey, you know, we kinda of didn't have anything for our truck program when top when Brad Kozlowski Motorsports shut down. Um, we we had to go to the Xfinity Series and he was sort of rushed. So I'm not sure Cindric's gonna go out there and, and make a difference this year just yet. But all guys ready and he's got the talent. So it's awesome, just man. sort of waiting to see what, what junior motorsports can do. Um, you know, and that's what okay yeah. this year and a lot of people are saying, hey, you know, Michael Ned, you know, he's really he's still seventh in points. So uh, you know, he, as you know, as better as he's been, and, and you know, I wouldn't say that he's he is better, but I and, but that's also he's because he's far been far awful far. the last couple of years. Yeah. Right. He's been awful the last couple of years. So um yeah, he's better, but he's still not where they need to be. So uh, that's the only question to me in the Xfinity series is that uh whether Junior Motorsports can figure it out or not, and if they can find it here by between now and the playoffs, that could put throw an interesting wrench into the Xfinity Series uh, championship. But until then, um, I think it's going to be pretty much the, the big three and then everybody else in the Xfinity Series. 917-889-8280, that is the number to call here on Talking Circles as we move on, guys, to talk about the NASCAR Ganner Outdoor Truck Series. And what a very – now all of a sudden, guys, we are in an extremely, extremely interesting playoff hunt here for the Truck Series, with just uh, a few races to go before they get to the playoffs, just three to go. They got Pocono, Eldora, and Michigan before we start the playoffs at Bristol Motor Speedway, and that's really gonna gonna be something to watch here. Um, and the buckle up in your truck 225, the NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series event from the uh, Kentucky Speedway It was Tyler Ankerman victory lane for David Gilliland Racing with uh, Crosley. Stuart Frisian was second, Harrison Burton third, Rush Chastain fourth, and Dylan Lupton, another nice runner for the D.J. Crosley team as well, there in fifth. But the big story really was that Ingram, uh, with a veteran crew chief on top of that pit box, and Kevin Bonomanion. Manion. And when I saw this, I initially thought, ooh, that's going to cost Ingram the race. When Bono Manion decided to put in just a little bit more gas and they had to make the exchange of the fuel can and it really cost Ancrum some, some valuable time on the racetrack. And he sat there and said, oh, man, this is going to be terrible because there was drivers out there and teams out there that, that didn't do that. Well, it paid off for him. Uh, he was able to to keep his gas while you saw several teams there at the end of that race run out of fuel. Um, and Ancrum stands in victory lane, so a, a very, very um, – Interesting race, Brett Moffitt was one of those drivers who didn't get enough fuel in, in his truck at the end and runs out of gas. He had to lead late, um, and then Ankrum was able to hold off. So, you know, Bono Manion, the guy who's got a lot of cup wins in his career, moved down to the truck series a few years ago, got a couple of cup win- truck wins as well there. I, you know, a very, very smart guy and sits there and says, you know what, I'm going to do what we have to do to win this race, and uh, it paid off for him. So uh, congratulations to Bono Manion. Congratulations to Tyler Ankrum and uh, a very, very good win for Tyler Ankrum Spencer in that truck series race at Kentucky Speedway.
1: Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome for that young kid. You know, he just turned 18, I think a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he's younger than me and that's just crazy to think how young these kids are and what they're able to do um, and how at a young age um, and he's ran good in that truck, you know, every race he's been in, you know, unfortunately he had the sponsorship deal and they cut some races short, I think. But, and I like the fact they're not letting his age keep him from the playoffs. I think it's good to have young kids in the playoffs, different teams in the uh, playoffs um, instead of the same people. So, and nice to see a different winner um, and somebody who deserves it and is a good little racer. And I think he's going to be a kid that we're going to hear his name in the future. Um and that's good for DGR Crosley. You know, it has to make up for that wallet dent that Natalie Deckers putting in over there. Sorry, I mean that's a whole different story. I don't even want to get started in that. But um, I think that Ooh. team needed it. Man. So um, I'm just saying, not just putting it in there.
2: No, um, I was just another story of the race, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it that was.
1: That's, we'll that's, talk about that later. I don't even want to get into that. That's crazy stuff right there that she did we have with Spencer we Boyd.
2: Talk about that too.
1: but no i thought it was um a good race you know ross he was kind of off um you know even though he finished fourth had a fast truck qualified good that was the best qualifying spot um so i mean they still bring fast trucks another top 10 considering a top five so um cool to see a different winner cool for tyler rankham um and that whole team and you know it's but it's going to be interesting to see what he can do in the playoffs um, because he's got a fast racetrack each and every week, I think, every time he comes to the racetrack. racetrack. So uh, we'll just have to see. Very interesting. You know, I mentioned how it's all these young kids. It's I think the truck series is so close. Um, so it's going to be pretty cool to see the smaller teams are whipping up on the bigger teams, and I like seeing the smaller teams outperform the head honchos in the sport. So uh, that's a cool deal over there, and you know I'm ready to really hit the playoffs for them and really to see where um everything stacks up the first couple races in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh it's gonna be a very interesting playoff run for them. The rest of the top ten it was Stuart Friesen and, and uh second, as I mentioned, and then Harrison Burton, Chastain fourth, Lupton and fifth. Then it was Austin Wayne self, a decent run for that team as well. Uh sixth place run for him, then Brett Moffat I talked about his his their mistake earlier uh with the seventh place run, then it was Spencer Davis Jeff Burton, who really struggled for Nice Motorsports there. Uh they got a ninth place run out of it. You know, there was a lot of stuff that went on at the end of that race and he was able to to salvage a decent day out of it, but he was not happy on Twitter at the end of that race. You know, one off deal there, really struggled. I think I think we all expected him to do a little bit better than that. And then it was Johnny Sauter uh and Ken Sauter got had some tr- uh damage on his tender heel forward. Uh it was a it was a race that had a lot of action. The truck series always do because you have so many drivers who have inexperience. Uh, but one of the things that really stood out felt, to me uh, was Todd Gilliland. And, and, you know, it wasn't his fault this weekend. What the troubles with that team, they had some engine issues. They were able to finish the race um, before it blew up. But a 17th place run for that team, uh, a team that is getting to a point here now where they need to figure out a way to, um, to get a win. Cause if they don't get a win, they're going to be in big trouble. You know, and it's funny because David Gilliland, as a team owner, won his first ever race. And now, all of a sudden, what that has done is it's really put his son, his own blood, his own kid, in a really, really difficult spot for um, for the playoffs. And, you know, it's kind of ironic that that has happened. So, uh, you know, I think it's put Todd Gilliland in and, and that four-team, in a win or go home situation, um, Rhodes isn't in great shape either. They had a really tough day. Ben Rhodes, uh, I forget who we went out with, but he got into a fight on pit road as well. Um, there was some extracurricular activity with Ben Rhodes after they've had a really too cool. bad, real back-to-back uh, tough years, tough weekends for Ben Rhodes there. So he's also outside the playoffs looking in by four points right now with Harrison Burton. But this truck series, this is the only series we have a couple of winners outside the top eight in points or outside of top 12 and 16 in cup uh, in points that, that have a lot of winners that have really changed some things up between Ross and Ancrum and Johnny Sauter. Uh, and it's really um, put these guys in a winner-go-home situation with, with Todd Gilland and Sheldon Creed. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the Truck Series playoffs right now?
2: I mean, this is – I mean, minus the fact that we might have one of the worst announcing crews in the history of, of sport that is providing the coverage for us on, on TV. This, this truck series is so interesting. And I mean, for Spencer's guy, Ross Chastain, I, I, him being Gallagher smashing watermelons, all this stuff. I mean, I became a Chastain fan last year once he got in that 42 car and, He's become more and more. I mean, there's so much about it. I like Tyler Ankrum too. He looks like he's about. I mean, I swear, the guy might be about six. I don't know what is eight. He's 18, but he looks like he's about 14. He looks like one of them guys out of some 70s freaking, you know, shows or whatever. Little TV. He, he looks like he's about 12, actually. And and this kid, he showed up there. He was, golly gee. He's like Bill Elliott, you know. He kind of looks like Bill Elliott. If he's like twelve years old, that's what Tyler Ingram reminds me of. And he goes and wins that race on on Thursday night. And for David Gilliland, for what he's given, what his dad gave to this sport, and then he's given to this sport. And for them to, and Jeff Bodine, and to go, uh, to go and show up to Victory Lane all weekend. He was there and. I mean this this truck series is is this is really interesting. And then I want to go to Pocono. I'm going to Pocono anyway. I, I mean we're going to talk offline anyway, but about what we're going to do. But I want to go for this truck race because I this truck race is going to be freaking interesting. Yeah, I mean you, you, Kyle Busch might show up and just ruin it for everybody. But I, I don't know if he ran out of his five races. Hopefully he did. But is some Cup guy might show up, but Kyle Busch Motorsports is in trouble. They may not make the playoffs, period. So, the I mean, Harrison Burton's had a really good, solid season. He's not going to make the playoffs. Todd Gillen has no chance unless he wins. And he hasn't won a truck race, and he's flirted with it, and he's ran out of gas, had all these problems. The reality is this. He might get fired by Kyle Bush. He's going to go and get hired by his dad, so it doesn't really matter for him. But, I mean, the reality is there's nine, there. there's 12 trucks that are legitimate right now that can make this playoff, and only eight are going to make it. And because of Ross Chastain, because of Tyler Ankrum, and the fact that Johnny Sauter, that is one-race suspension, it's really turned this thing on its lid. And it's only going to get more intriguing when you consider we got Pocono, we have Eldora, and uh, I'm not sure what the cutoff race is, but Pocono and Eldora by itself could really provide some uh, real interesting results. So, hey, whatever, I'll take it. Minus the fact that Vince Welsh is horrendous at life. Uh, I'll take the truck series any day over the other two series.
0: Uh, it's Pocono, Eldora, and then Michigan before we go to Bristol. Uh, then for the start of the playoffs, which the playoffs start at Las Bristol Houston. for the truck series, which makes it really interesting. Then you have the
1: the road course. One when you did.
0: Yeah. Yes. Then you have the road course at, um, in Canada, and then it was, it's Las Vegas, Talladega, Martinsville, Phoenix for the next round. Of course, we finish up at Homestead. They moved Texas out of the playoffs. They moved that up, up towards that second race of Texas, the one that Greg Biffle won, used to be in the playoffs. It is no longer. So that's sort of changed the, the, uh, ch- the schedule in this truck series a lot. And, yeah, Kyle has used all his um, truck series starts up. He won four races in the middle of the year and the beginning of the year and uh, won his fifth race at Charlotte, so he's won fi- he's five for five in the Truck Series and used all his st- starts up. So nobody will come to Pocono. No Cup driver should come to Pocono and ruin that. Uh, it's really all Truck drivers the rest of the way, which is really interesting. It makes this. Us- and, I- and I tell you, I don't know what they've done. And-, and listen, I'm not a big, you know, proponent of the Chase. I think part of the reason why I'm not in the Cup Series is just because they take way too many drivers in my opinion. They, they celebrate mediocrity. But this truck series eight is the perfect number right now. I mean, maybe maybe in a couple of years it might not be. But, I mean, it is just – it's so – that is what I think NASCAR wanted with these playoffs. You know, the Xfinity series is so boring, uh, the, the playoff run, because you know the 12 that are going to be in there. So it's sort of – you're sort of like, well, we can start the playoffs and just kind of see where we are. Um, and the Cup series has a little bit of, of flavor to it a little bit. But do you think those guys really outside – those guys who are fighting for 16th, they're probably not going to make the championship, but the truck series—it's very possible these guys who are outside the playoffs could make the championship. And I think that's what sort of NASCAR wanted. You know, they said talk about the walk-off home run when they win these races in the truck series to to make it into the playoffs. So it makes it very interesting, and I think it makes it—it uh, it brings the argument up of you know, do we need to take some drivers away for the playoffs? For uh, the Truck Series and the Cup Series, or the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series, because of how in- interesting the Truck Series is. I want to thank Philip Matthews, Spencer Cowan, for joining us tonight. Great show as always, guys. You do a great job. If you like what you heard, uh, like us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. Also, we'll be here Wednesday night. There's gonna—I've been told by a source—there's gonna be some very interesting news regarding the 2021 schedule coming up. Uh, most likely going to be announced this week. So hopefully that will be announced on Wednesday because um, it is going to be something we're going to need to talk about. So I want to thank everybody for listening to Talking Circles. We'll be here Thursday – or Wednesday, excuse me, on Talking Circles. Thank you, you everybody, and good night.